0: Welcome to Activate, a podcast for mobile marketers brought to you by Remerge. Take a short break from your screen and listen to what's working in mobile marketing and what's not, straight from the people who are doing it now. Are you ready?
1: Let's get started.
0: All right, welcome back to another edition of the Activate podcast. We're really excited to have another podcast host today. We're welcoming John Kutzeer. Hey. He's calling in from
1: Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada.
0: Vancouver, British Columbia. heard it's beautiful this time of
1: year. You little chilly. There's the sun's out. We're happy. Yeah.
0: So John is, I would say, quite prolific in the space. He's a columnist for Forbes. I don't want to steal his thunder, but he hosts a awesome podcast, which I've drawn inspiration from, from this one, Tech First. He also helps produce the Growth Masterminds podcast at Singular. And he's really a thought leader in this space. And we're really, really excited to have you on, John, today to just talk a little bit about some interesting topics within the mobile space. But I guess what we always do on this podcast, and I know I mentioned a few things that you do already, how do you get to be a writer for Forbes that focuses in Particularly, I know you focus in on tech in general, AR, VR, AI, but I would say you're in particular a foremost expert in the mobile space and the mobile marketing space. So how do you even get to be at that point?
1: Well, accidentally. (laughs) This is how the best careers happen. If you look at the most interesting people, without fail, almost in every case that I've talked to, their careers never follow some straight path. They took some weird left hook and a right turn, and then they circled the drain a little bit, and then boom, shot off, and who knows what happened. I always wanted to be a writer. My undergraduate degree is in English and philosophy, and (laughs) that really translates to an instant job. But I became a writer. Then I moved into tech. I wanted to build stuff. I wanted to make stuff. I made apps. I made websites. I made learning management systems for tens of thousands of people. And eventually branched out from that into leadership in some software roles, built some software for Disney, built some software for Intel, other companies like that. And then got back to my first love. I was a full-time writer at VentureBeat for about three years. VentureBeat is a Silicon Valley publication on all things tech. Commuted into San Francisco every other week for about three years. Holy mother, the miles, the miles. But wanted to also build stuff. So I have this weirdness about me. I love to learn and I love to share, but I also like to build. And so we started building a research division for VentureBeat. We raised a little bit of capital for that. After a couple of years, rate got to about seven figures at ARR, and thought I want to do something a little different, and had an amicable parting of the ways. Started consulting for Tune because one of the topics that we had focused on in the research division was Martech, and that's close to AdTech. And so I had developed some expertise and some interest in the area. Tune, of course, had Tune-ish issues. If you remember, Tune is the MMP as it was, and eventually started consulting for Singular. And I've been consulting for Singular for like five years right now. I don't know. There's got to be some time limit, some expiration. There's probably some dark alley waiting for me. (laughs) You can't consult for that long, can you? Somehow you can. So that's the bulk of it. I do a lot of other stuff as well for other companies. Most of my consulting work is in ad tech and martech. Most of my writing is in AI, robotics, consumer electronics, what I call smart matter, things that have chips in them and radios in them and actuators in them and other stuff like that. So I separate those worlds a little bit, but obviously there's some collision.
0: That's awesome to hear. And I think in particular, singular, at least for me. Has been a really, really great source for identifying and trying to make sense of this whole ATT thing. They've really been thought leaders in that space. So I assume you play a little bit of a role in producing some of the
1: content there. Just tiny.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. And so I guess it sounds like you dabble in a lot of different things. Development, you mentioned AI, you mentioned a few other things there. What excites you about the mobile? marketing space right now and maybe what also has frustrated you a little bit
1: what excites me about the mobile space is that it's like it's on steroids it's always changing you think you've got a handle on it and there's some new wrinkle so let's rewind two years ago Everybody knew how you grew on mobile. Everybody knew what you did. There was a playbook. There was a way to do it. There was a way to approach it. You could track, you could measure, you could find out. We'll talk about how real some of that tracking and measuring and understanding of your results was, and we'll get into that a little later. But there was a defined playbook. You spent money, you could measure results, you would grow. Boom. All of a sudden, bang, app tracking transparency. All of a sudden, GDPR. That's a little preceding that, of course. And now we have Privacy Sandbox and Android. So we have a different world. The rules are changing. And that's an interesting time because everybody is like, oh, shit, I'm a rookie again. (laughs) And now you've got to learn. And for me, newness and learning and sharing is one of my passions. So that's what interests me. Also, I mean, look, this has grown And become, and I'm holding, for those who are just audio, I'm holding a phone in my hand, a smartphone. We just call it a phone these days. Every phone is smart. Not quite, but totally. Anyways, that has changed our lives, changed our worlds, changed a computer in our hands, a computer in our pockets, a computer in our purses, a connector. I remember the first time Steve Jobs unveiled the iPhone, 2008. And I was a journalist at the time. I was not in the hall at that point, but I was in the hall for some of those Apple reveals. In fact, I've got a photo of Tim Cook photobombing me. (laughs) I was with Dean Takahashi, who's still at VentureBeat. We're looking at some new Apple products, and Tim Cook is looking at me in the background like, what is he saying about my product? (laughs) But I remember the first time Steve Jobs unveiled it the iPhone, and he says an internet communicator, a phone, and there was one other thing, ah, music, music, and then he said it again, and again, and again, and everybody got the picture that it was one device. It's the everything device. It's the everything device, and that has become so embedded in our lives. There's problems with that. I could be stuck in this reality down here. There's a big world out there, but it's also opened a lot of windows.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. It's really crazy to think. Just 15, 20 years ago, I was sitting there with my flip phone texting with numbers. And now we all have computers in our hands. Like,
1: I could never do T9. They had these competitions. There were some teen girls who were amazing, like they're 50 words, 70, 80 words per minute. If anybody doesn't know T9, go Google T9 texting. And it's like some crazy, funky way of making sense out of numbers into letters. Oh, texting sucked before the iPhone.
0: It really did. It really did. And I guess just to maybe make people feel a little bit better, you obviously have a lot of context. You talk to a lot of marketers, you're a consultant. If I'm sitting there and I'm working for a company that's trying to figure out mobile growth in this space, and I feel like I'm hitting my head against the wall, am I alone? Are a lot of people experiencing the same things? What's your sense of the companies that really get Scan at this point? And now we have a whole new ripple about to come in, Scan 4.0. Is there anything you can say to maybe make marketers that feel like they're stuck feel a little bit better about where they're at?
1: There's a lot. Some will make you feel worse. Some will make you feel better. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train coming your way. So first of all, big hug. (laughs) There's a lot of people in this boat. I've talked to many people I respect. I've probably hosted 10 to 15 webinars on skin and SKI, ATT, all that stuff. I've probably devoted maybe 20, 30 podcast episodes. I've probably talked to hundreds of mobile marketers about this. The consensus among the people that I trust the most is that about 70% of mobile marketers still don't fully understand SCAD network, how it works, how to make it performant the way that you could back in the era of IDFA. And spoiler alert, you can't make it performant like IDFA, but you can make it performant. There are ways of doing it. And I've seen that. And it, there's light at the end of the tunnel, I said, because I've literally seen organizations that you would know their name. I can't share their name. Everybody would know their name. They're spending tens of millions of dollars a month. ATT comes in. CPAs, CPIs go whack. They don't know what's happening. It's crazy. They're spending $100 on an install, at least that's what their metrics are telling them. And the spend is up here and goes craters and it almost flatlines at zero. They don't understand how to use ATT. They don't understand how to use SKI Network to make mobile marketing and iOS performant. Singular has come in. I do a lot of consulting for them. So take this with the whatever grain of salt you want. But I do a lot of consulting. I think they have the best scan solution in the market. Comes in, models reality. There's missing data. You've got a model for that. Guess what? Your in-app data, your first party data is critical for this. and just implements some processes for testing and for getting measurement results. And boom, their spending is back up. So there is hope. I've seen it happen. I've seen companies like Rovio. I've done webinars with mobile experts, growth leaders at Rovio who have made scan performance. It is possible. It is hard. It is not instant. It's not intuitive. It's not as simple as it used to be. But if you get the right tools and you try maybe five iterations, I've seen some of the best companies have done at least five different iterations of how they're doing their conversions, what they're looking for, the KPIs that they're measuring, that they're getting postbacks on. That's really critical to keep testing that. You don't A-B test that. You A test that, then you B test that, then you C test that, and you find the thing that works. And so they've been able to do that. They've been able to make it performant. Now, of course, we're approaching another era, scan four and guess what it's better and it's worse (laughs) it's better there's going to be more data you're going to be able to model longer cohorts you don't actually get longer cohorts because the postbacks aren't connected to each other but you can model longer cohorts and get more data that's good and more granularity that's good but it's very freaking complex and you need some tools to manage that for you ultimately what you want as a marketer is you want the easy button You don't exactly get that, but you can come close to that. And so you can do your job, do your work, set up your conversion models, all that stuff, and get measurement out and see that it's trustworthy over time. And then you can have confidence in marketing. There's nothing worse than being a mobile growth specialist and being responsible for deploying hundreds of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, and having zero confidence that you're getting a return on that investment. That is scary as hell. That was an
0: issue that sometimes remember, and it's still around, but maybe as of three, four years ago, incrementality was the big buzzword. And that's always the issue that you run into with incrementality is like, you could spend a whole mess of money and you might not hit statistical significance. And I feel like, we're running into the same problem again with scan in some cases. What's the mindset of a marketer? What should the mindset be at this point? You mentioned testing. There's this level that you mentioned of uncertainty that is very scary for people. But I mean, how do you make sense of that and go into a test? And what should your mindset be when you're trying to figure these things out?
1: I think that we need to change our mindset from finding the truth to finding something that is truthy. So I'm going to go all over the place here and just rein me in if I'm going nuts. (laughs) I will. That's my job as a
0: host here. Host to host.
1: (laughs) You have the mute button where we were. We had a measurement. We had the IDFA and we had measurability, trackability. This device saw that ad, took this action, is now in my app as a user, does this, buys this, et cetera, et cetera. And that was a trail, it was breadcrumbs, it was easy, it was followable, it was understandable. It was also wrong because guess what? Human beings are complex. Human beings make decisions for many different reasons. It's called being overdetermined. The reason why you did something is not just one thing. There's multiple things. And who knows how many ads you saw or how many people talked to you at the water cooler when we were in an office or whatever. Or a buddy said, Hey, check this out. And then you saw an ad two days later and you clicked it. We assumed, even though we really knew better, that anything that we could track, that we could measure was reality. And We always knew, or we should have known, and we certainly know now, that reality is more complex than that. And the reasons why people do things are more complex than that. And just because you can't measure something doesn't mean it doesn't matter. So I think we're entering an era where it's kind of everything, everywhere, all at once, that movie. We're going to look at so many different measurements, so many different metrics, so many different things, and we're going to have to combine those into a snowball of measurement that gives us truthiness. Knowing that we can never fully establish with 100% certainty what any one of our users or one of our customers does, never mind millions or billions of them, but knowing also that we can approximate, we can approach, and we can do that with a level of integrity enough to base future buying, spending, optimization decisions on. So what does that look like? Does look like incrementality, like you're talking about. Does look like media mix modeling, media mix marketing has been in the news in our minds for the past six months, more than ever before as mobile marketers. It also means scan. You're not going to give up signals that you're getting quote unquote for free i say for free it's not free you have to understand you have to work with You need tools around it all that stuff it's challenging it's difficult but those are deterministic aggregate signals you're going to want those privacy sandbox for android you're definitely going to want those signals there's even more fidelity there and that's great but it is moving to aggregate it is moving away from granular privacy is here it's happening it's increasing it's not going away those are just some of the signals though. And you can actually make mobile marketing pretty performant with those, but you've got so much more to look at. You've got your in-app data. You've got to look at your in-app data. What happens? So scan says, I got modeled. Scan data says, I got 10,000 new users this day. What's that look like? What are they doing? What's happening with them? What can I use about that? My, about my data, my in-app data, my first party data to understand about that virtual cohort of people I just got. What can I understand about my delivery data? So what were my impressions like? What's my click-through rate like? What's my viewability like? All that stuff. There's upper funnel measurements that we haven't explored as much as we need to. There's lower funnel measurements that we haven't explored as much as we need to. And there's a level of engagement with your own app. That marketers have not had to get into because we've had the luxury of this measurement that we thought was really, really good. I've heard from multiple user activation experts, including one from Gameloft on a webinar I did last week, that their UA people have gotten deep, deep embedded into their own app. Understand your app, understand your users, understand the flows, understand what happens. You need that. In order to know what to measure for and scan, because you're not going to get a lot of data. You're going to get a one signal, a couple signals, that sort of stuff. And so you need to deeply understand what is indicative of a future great customer, great user, great player. And you need to understand it pretty quickly and pretty early. You need to know deeply what happens inside your own app. Sometimes I think that mobile marketers don't eat their own dog food. And I say that as an avid player of one particular game. And I'm going like, really? You're sending that to me? You think that that's a good idea? Do you even play this game? I didn't even know how to use that thing that you're offering me and other things like that. So getting deep into there, looking at all of the different measurements you can have and blending that together, it's almost going to be magical. It's really, really hard for a measurement provider like a singular to say, okay, I'm going to take this deterministic data here. It is aggregate. I'm gonna take this first party data here, which is, it's pretty specific, at least as an app publisher, you know individual users and what they're doing. I'm gonna take some incrementality measurements, some media mix modeling. I'm gonna take some delivery data, some cost data. I'm going to mix that all up in a blender and it's really apples and there's oranges in there and there's a gear shaft. This stuff doesn't come together, doesn't combine easily, but to be able to take all those things and be able to give a measurement. Hey, you're doing well, you're not doing well, here's, and be also be able to dive into specific aspects of that measurement with full transparency. So you can say from this aspect, from just looking at an incrementality perspective, this is what I'm achieving. Just looking at it from a scan perspective or a privacy sandbox, this is what I'm getting. And being able to do that, you'll be able to highlight an overall red light, yellow light, green light. I'm doing okay. Watch out. Shit. Everything's in the blender. It sucks. And also being able to get a little deeper on each level of measurement and approach what I said earlier, truthiness. I can have a certain level of confidence above the 80% mark. Let's say that what I'm doing is right and good and working and performant. And I may never get to hundred percent. And you know what? We never had a hundred percent. Thus endeth the awesome. sermon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and done. No, that was amazing. And it brings back a lot of memories for me because we were talking about this before the podcast. Like my first job out of school was in TV and TV buying. And with that, it's just get the impressions out there. We know it works. Send the occasional brand lift study. And one of our clients was spending over a billion dollars a year on TV ads.
1: How many three martini lunches is that?
0: It's a lot. I can tell you that much. And... I came into the mobile space and I'm like, this is amazing. You can literally track a user and then you can attribute a conversion. And we all fell into this false reality that like that was the truth. When in reality, what you had mentioned is that complex human beings, many touch points are involved in getting someone to ultimately convert. And to me, this is a challenge. It definitely feels like a challenge for us as a vendor, for the MMPs. But I think ultimately it will bring us to a more accurate source of truth because we know marketing works. The question that we're always trying to answer is how well is it working? <laughs> yeah. It's really, really interesting to hear your perspective there and really taking a look at what was the previous reality? What is the reality now? I guess some actionable things that listeners always want to get some actionable things out of these conversations. If you were to say, okay, now that we're talking about and you alluded it to in your previous conversation various signals if you were somebody that's again trying to make sense of their program give us two or three things that you would focus on if you were to run a campaign you mentioned the in-app data portion obviously scan signals does that really cover it what would be a really good starting point if i was a marketer and it's like okay i have these tools at my disposal i have an mmp where should i be focusing my time to at least start to figure out and make campaigns work
1: sure Let's start here. I was chatting with somebody from performance marketing at LinkedIn the other day, and she said, it starts with mindset. So let's clean sheet this thing. Hey, the past is the past. It was amazing, it was wonderful, it was awful. Whatever it was, the past is the past. New mindset, new world, new thinking. Second thing is become a student of your app, become a user of your app, eat your own dog food, get in there, get in there as a new user, Start a new account if you already have one. What does that flow? What does it look like? What does it feel like? If it's a game, play that game every day. How do you feel playing that game? How do you feel when you get an offer? How do you feel when you can't beat that player that you're matched up against? Because you know what, it's so unequal. Like seriously, how did you match me up with this player? All that stuff. Become a student. Know that deeply from the inside out. See all that first-party data. Understand the optimal user flow that currently exists, maybe what could exist in the future. Work closely with product to do that. Then come and look at on iOS, the scan stuff. Okay, what is an early signal that we can get that we can optimize on? And pretty much it's one signal right now it'll increase as we get into scan four. Only 1% of postbacks right now are scan four. So there's not a lot of scan 4 adoption. That's really dependent on the ad tech platforms. It's mostly in the testing stages right now. The nice thing about it is scan is completely compatible, backwards compatible, scan four. It works for scan three, scan two. So that works. So understand that and then try different conversion models. You obviously know your app, you know your vertical. Is it something that you can expect to get good signals on D1? If it's revenue, wow, that's amazing, great, excellent. It's unlikely to be revenue. Is it something that 90% of people who do this sign up? 90% of people who do this make a purchase? Those sorts of things. You may have to do that multiple times. You may have to go to mixed models. You have to see what your measurement provider offers. Is there a mixed model of events and revenue so I can capture more data and finer grain data and also have safety, a backstop in there so that maybe there's no revenue on D1 or D2, but there are some events and I can model based on those events. Here's the word that no mobile marketer likes to hear. You've got to have patience. (laughs) Patience sucks. I hate patience. I hate having to wait for stuff. And I'm just talking about me and my personality and everything I do. But is a mobile marketer doing Mobile marketing on iOS with SKI Network, you have to have patience. You got to let that model run for a while. You need at least a few weeks of data. You need to clear out all the old stuff that's going through, get everything on the new model, see what's happening. you got to see the results. So this is an iterative process. You do have to do the testing sequentially. You can't really do it because it's your app. It's the model you're choosing. You can't really do it A-B testing the way you could do with creative optimization or something like that. You've got to give it some time. So if you're just, let's say you're spending $100,000 a month and then you say, okay, you know what? We're not going to continue to try and do the fingerprinting that only 30% of the market allows anyways. We're going to actually learn scan and get into it right now. What are we going to do? take that down. You still need some spend to do it, but take that down to 10K for a month. I don't know, a little longer. I'm not totally sure. It depends what you need. Maybe you hit it out of the park on your first test. Test and see when you get to being performant, when you get to being predictive, when you get to understanding that X investment is going to lead to Y return. When you get there, then you can ramp again. So that's a bit of a painful thing, especially if you've got CEOs who are saying, I want to continue to grow and other metrics, your KPIs, you're trying to hit bonuses, you're trying to earn, but you can't just spend blindly and you can't ignore the fact that there's a new sheriff in town, that there still is some part of the world in which you can do probabilistic fingerprinting types up, but that's getting very, very small. And you're also running some risks doing that.
0: Yeah, I guess that's another good point. It's like, how much of your time should you be spending investing in the future versus looking back in the past and hanging on to that thread of probabilistic attribution? That's always a question. What would your opinion be on that? If you could put a percentage to it in terms of spending your time, I guess, to your point, it depends on how aggressive are your goals? How much patience does your management team have? But if in an ideal world, what would you say?
1: I wouldn't spend any time looking at the past. It's a small and increasingly smaller fraction of available partners that you can use. Doesn't work with any sands. If you're not willing to put in the time and effort to become an expert at privacy safe marketing, get out of the business. Literally get out of the business. It is what's happening. The world has changed. The sun isn't gonna come up in the morning and everything things will be the way they were. Not gonna happen. If you're gonna be a good growth marketer in mobile today and in the future, you gotta understand scan. You're gonna to have to understand privacy sandbox. You're gonna to have to live in those realities.
0: I think that's a good note to leave on for all those marketers out there. Focus on the future. I think that makes a lot of sense. John, you also have a notice the webinar coming up with Singular on CTV, which I'll be tuning in for. When
1: is that going to be? It's going to be in the future. Focus on the future, my friend. (laughs) I think it's two or three weeks out. I don't know. You can go to singular.net and find out there'll be something there or something on the homepage about it, I'm sure. But that is actually interesting as well, because that is a significantly growing part of the mobile reality. Look, all of this scheduled TV is transitioning to streaming, connected smart TV and all those ad dollars, that massive bottom ad dollars that we've always looked at in the TV world, that rich world that you used to live in
0: the martini world
1: (laughs) exactly that billion dollar spend world it's got to go somewhere And a lot of it obviously has come here to mobile and a lot of it is going to go. We still watch those big screens on the wall for a long period of time. You might spend 90 minutes a day on TikTok. I don't. I delete the thing and then I reinstall the thing and then I delete thing. Oh, shit, this is too. I delete it again, all that stuff. But we spend an hour and a half or more watching that big screen as well. And increasingly, we don't want to pay 17 different subscription prices. (laughs) So there we go.
0: Yeah, I'm super interested. I think as I was transitioning away from buying on national TV, that's when the proliferation of like VOD and like that, it was just starting to begin. You were able to buy these non-linear buys, like started with that. And now we're in a whole new era where you can obviously almost buy some of those advertising space programmatically. So it's really, really exciting. And it's definitely an interesting topic, which is why I'll be tuning in. And again, for all those listeners out there, it's in the future and go to Singular to find out when. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Well, again, really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I can't wait to hear your feedback after you stop recording on how I did as a host.
1: A1, <laughs> A1. <A-one. A-one.
0: laughs> yeah, day one. And listen, we'd love to have you back again, maybe in a year to see how these scan for developments uh, net out.
1: Everything I said was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. <laughs>
0: Yeah, right. I hope not. Okay. Anyway, John, well, thank you so much for joining. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for taking a break with us and listening to our weekly episode of Activate by Remerge. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. The more people you tell, the further we can spread these awesome mobile marketing insights.
1: See you next week.